This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 616. Spotlight on Venom. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 616. It's finally happened. I finally have the Marvel Universe as an episode. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to do a Spotlight on Venom episode. So we're talking about not just the character and his comic, but no, unfortunately, the movie released on October 5th. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. I'm joined by Paul Scores. And Hello. We're going to break down the movie a little. Just a little. So we just saw Venom, and I think we both went in with very low expectations. Um, like Green Lantern DC-level expectations. Yeah, like I don't think we expected it to necessarily be a great movie. I think from the outset, it was always going to seem strange that you're... And I was talking about this before we went to the movie, that uh, it felt weird that Sony would ever try and make a movie about a character in the Spider-Man mythos who's so tied to Spider-Man in order in terms of his origin. Like you can't think of many Spider-Man villains or characters in his orbit who are more connected to Spider-Man in terms of the, what informs their origin than him. Whereas if they do make a movie about Black Cat or uh, Silver Sable or even Craven the Hunter, like you name them, they don't need Spider-Man to exist. They can operate on their own. Venom his origin is all about Spider-Man, so it's kind of weird that let's do a movie without Spider-Man. So, how do you think that worked? Well, it's one of those things where they were talking about releasing this thing in the first place. And you look at it and go, why? Why are you doing this? Right? Like, is there a, is Venom popular and hot right now? So they feel they need to do it. They have a stable of characters they got to pull from at this point. Because like, you kind of got the feeling Sony kind of gave up on at least the Spider-Man corner of the universe giving you know Marvel... Uh, do, do, they, do they still do, like to what point to what degree do they still have to be actively developing project, projects in order to keep the license because like if like how does the deal with MCU work where they're kind of like ha- kind of in partnership and loaning out the character and they're still making movies and it's kind of released with Sony like like how does that work because they're not actively kind of making the movie because MCU like Marvel Studios is basically doing it so like does that work in terms of satisfying the amount of work they have to be doing to develop a project? Or is that why they're kind of working on other spider projects because it keeps the IP? Like, how does that work? I, I'm sure the contract, I'm sure, has many crazy layers of legalities that mm-hmm. uh, list those type of stipulations. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I'm sure if you're like Homecoming and, and uh, Far From Home that's coming out, you know, yeah, MCU gets the uh, Marvel Studios gets Spider Man back, but you know they reap the rewards of the success of yeah. whatever the movie has. Because clearly they tried with it with Andrew Garfield and it didn't work, right? Yeah. So now here they are again trying to try something a little different. Because um, yeah. this was, I guess, was it originally? And correct me if I'm wrong. I just remember early talks about this movie leaning towards being something horror like and, and more. Uh, I think there might have been serious. some early discussions about yeah, it. Which, I mean, Venom could work. I mean, there is a comic book that exists called Venom the Hunger. It was uh, part of the Tsunami line, which was basically a horror comic with Venom. Um, so it can work. And then there was uh, the recent uh, Jerry Conway, um, uh, what was the artist's name? Mike Perkins' uh, comic called uh, Carnage, which is basically a horror comic too. So you can easily make Venom work. And right. actually, current comics, 
Um, there's so many Venom comics right now, it's ridiculous. There's Venom, yeah, that's right, not Venom, like Vietnam, but Venom, because Venom's in Vietnam, or at least symbiotes are in Vietnam. There's uh, Venom the First Host, which is Venom symbiote's first host prior to Spider-Man. Um, you also, like on Earth or on a weird planet? or uh, A Kree. Yeah, a Kree guy during the Kree Scroll War. Um, there's the Venom comic itself. Like, there's a lot of Venom stuff right now, and a lot of it's about kind of changing the origins of the character in a big way. Um, the kind of show, you know, its connections with Earth, the connections with other symbiotes. Uh, it's very much they're taking the character as far away as they can from kind of the original premise of the character, where it was just just a symbiote that happened to be on Battle World, and it was just kind of an accident, and they're doing a lot of other crazy stuff with it. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Well, look, I, I don't. I don't mind giving the the symbiote itself some level of origin outside of being in this room that Spider Man stumbles upon in a random crossover. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Like Bendis's, you know, concept of being a, a planet of them out there in space, and they're yeah. a well known entity by other members of the galaxy, and that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm down with that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. I mean, it makes the, sense. The way that they kind of portrayed the species here kind of works, like in the movie. Like, in the, the movie is interesting. The minute they showed a spaceship, I'm like, well, it, it's so funny that I, I equate that to me with the Spider-Man animated series. serious, absolutely. Because that was the first one that kind of said, we can't, the battle world is a little bit too crazy. How do we integrate Venom in a way that makes sense and is relatively grounded? Um, so I give a lot of credit to John Semper Jr. and the Spider-Man animated series because for a lot of people, that's kind of the definitive version of Venom in a lot of ways. Like, it still works. It still makes Venom personal. Uh, it still makes it work with, with Peter. But it also takes away the craziness of the original origin and a way to get the symbiote to Earth. So the fact that they showed the, the spaceship doing that, I also like that one of the guys there was Jameson. Because, I mean, obviously that's... I'm going to call back to John Jameson. It's interesting they never used Daily Bugle throughout the the movie though like they could have they almost dropped but they didn't mention he was banished from New York yeah and the right? Daily Globe which yeah. is an, again where he worked in the comics so I mean there's a lot of connections and even one of the uh, people I think he uh, gets a message from or is about to contact was Barney Bushkin who was the Globe editor in the comics and had run into Spider-Man and Peter at one point so like there, there's there's some DNA there that does exist and I like that again that he was in San Francisco when he became the lethal protector in the 90s he was he moved to San Francisco and he became kind of the, again the lethal protector. So again, there's a lot of DNA here that exists from the comics, but then there's also large pieces which don't really exist. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that his, you know, his fiance and then former fiance Anne, again, right from the comics, she actually became she venom very briefly here, which was cool because that again really happened in the comics. So like, I like those connections. Um, they pulled it, a lot from those books. That was one of the, one of their key like trades, if you will. Yeah, that well, the pulled. Life Foundation and like yeah, yeah, a lot of this is very much cribbed from that era of the material, which is probably not a bad idea. You know? No, no, I, and yeah, so you're you're okay there. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you 100%. When seeing the spaceship come out at the beginning, immediately hankered back to the 90s cartoon, yeah. and it was an easy way to to kind of here's how we're starting. From space, yeah. got these containers, alien stuff, yeah. like, you know, no weird, no nonsense. It was no. Pretty, pretty straight into the and punk. Give them credit for that. I like that, you know, it, it plays out, like, we think that they just found, like, these, these samples that are kind of, you know, end up really hurting the human host. And then it gets revealed then that actually this was an invasion force. I thought that was kind of a cool concept, too. Like, I was, I was on board with that. Again, maybe not for a Venom movie. But it's not a bad plot. The idea that we think, you know, as humans, that we're tampering with 
this alien species, but really they're messing with us because they have a plan of their own. This was part of their own mission to then, you know, go back and be able to bring an invasion force and take over the planet. It's actually not a bad concept for a movie. Is it a Venom plot? No, I don't think it is. But it's not a bad plot for a sci-fi movie that, you know, and it kind of flips the scales on what you expect because, again, you expect that, you know, it's going to be, it's us messing with something, but really we're just, you know, uh, assisting in our own destruction by assisting in an invasion force that we didn't even realize. Not exactly Mars Attacks, but they're not that different in some ways. So if you take away the Marvel label and take away Venom, yes. he's being a character we're connected to, it's, it makes for a good sci-fi movie? I think it's not a bad sci-fi movie. I think that some of its DNA isn't bad. I think it makes some odd choices. I think tonally it doesn't always... It, it, it's trying to do too many different things. I think it doesn't always know what it wants to be. I know, it's very lost. I, I think like some of the editing, it just felt like, okay, get to the point already. Like you, When you have the symbiote, the other... Or symbiote, sorry... Uh, way in Malaysia and then slowly trekking you know uh, back to um, to North America to bond with whatever the bad guy's name now is I forget his name right that oh, was a, the dude oh Blake uh, Drake Drake yeah like I'm thinking of the, the artist yeah yeah that was a long you know slow roll of like okay now they possess a girl now it's gonna possess like that bugged me it, it just the girl yeah it was creepy the young girl yeah that's unsettling. It was. I, I was thinking about that when it happened. I'm like, when it's an adult, you don't care at all. But when it's a child, you're like, oh, oh, I don't feel a little. Especially when the mom is with the kid, and I'm like, that makes me more uncomfortable as a parent. Right. So, so now yeah. that, that so, child is just like is the child taken over in dead? the bathroom. Yeah. And now yeah, then, then she wanders away from her parent at the airport, lost. Yeah. yeah. And now then then it possesses you know Drake, and they don't have a little girl. Yeah. That's that. that yeah. Every other previous quasi host perishes after mm. they pass on. So, True. so that yeah, that was a little uncomfortable for me. As a, I, but I think it's only because I'm a parent. Right? I'm more sensitive to that kind of stuff. No, I I agree. That's part of it. But I think in general, it was a very bold choice. Yeah, to do something like that. It, well, it, it heightens the level of menace and of creep factor. But I think part of it also is that because then you have the moment where you know the the man thinks he's just talking to a girl. Um, Drake, and then it's not a girl, and it's actually more sinister. And that's kind of a cool. Well, yes, but Dynamic his entire facility has no security cameras of any kind. Which is weird. <laughs> there's so many weird things. Like, there's a lot of logic gaps. There's just... Oh, it's ridiculous. The, the ability... I have a problem with the... I remember the first Spider-Man movie, too, because the ability to walk into these high-level security labs and places where these experiments and things mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. with, you know, no problem whatsoever. And, okay, so... Okay, did I miss something? Did I miss a cut or an edit? Because at what point did he make, besides talking to himself at the store for a bit and finding that one doctor, Yeah. when did that initial call to him happen to meet her and, and connect? After she originally found him? He, he had her card. He had slipped her, like, she had her, he had her business card. So he called her. No, no, at the beginning. At the beginning. He got the card after that meeting in the store. Okay. Oh, how did she go to find him? Yeah. Why did she go to before, find him? Before they met at the store there, how did it all happen? I think, well, she knew that Eddie Brock had been nosing around to begin with. And I think that's why. She was, he was the only like, person she knew who was in media who potentially could help. So she somehow tracked this bum down? Yep. I don't know how she tracked him down. Just let it go. It's not important, is it? No, it's bizarre because <laughs> I, I feel like I missed something. Saying, yeah. Where did you come from all of a sudden? Yeah, that's right? a little strange. 
it is a little weird that she could just find them. But, I mean, I guess if she did enough snooping around, but yeah, it does seem strange. She's some little nerdy, worried about her family. Yeah, no, you're right. Scientist, how is she? Yeah, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a gap. But, I mean, it's not one that bothered me. I'm like, eh, whatever. She, okay. figured, she found them. So then, okay, fine. She hides in her car. She passes the first security gate. Mm-hmm. Fine, parks her car. Then at that point... Waltzes him right through the main fucking lobby on the elevators, the whole nine yards, no there. and no one fucking sees nothing until one random guard happens to be one fair, guy before it, she shoves it, him in the thing. It is after hours. Not that that excuses all that. She hides after hours. True, but right? I mean, you see hmm, who's who's the doctor walking in there with? Who, yeah, who's that in the elevator? You know, something like no cameras, no security, or or at least in the major high level it, zone, it, it happens. Until it is strange in. that there's no cameras. I'm, I'm I'm okay with there not being necessarily a guard walking back and forth, but you'd think that you would have. Of, uh, you know, a bank of the fact that they didn't know what had happened did seem strange. I was like, Am I watching a movie from the 70s where they didn't have video cameras? Like, what's happening here? Um, I agree that is again another little bit of a, a gap, but I think they they needed that gap because otherwise they would know right away it was Eddie Brock who was there. Whereas they needed to be able to find out who was this guy who was here, they had to be able to you know torture her. Like, there's a whole plot line, uh, a few scenes that you wouldn't have, and they needed to pad this movie because it was short already. Like, it's not that long. Like, it is a long movie, but it's also not. Like, I felt like it actually did move by pretty quickly. Things just kind of happened. Yeah, I guess. Like, um, there, were th- there were three symbiotes total, yeah. right, that they captured in tubes. Yes. Uh, and then the one... And Riot was obviously off and then yeah. possessed his random travels. And he knew exactly where to go somehow. Well, I, th- I took that to mean that he could feel the others. Across the world? Yeah. Maybe. Or, or... Trying to think. Well, well the, the only expression you have is because he does rip off the Life Foundation yeah. thing off the person. He knows who sure. launched the tr- who launched the thing, and plus he right. he was he was like we don't we didn't quite see what actually happened on the shuttle. We heard what happened on the shuttle, but we didn't really see it. So he could have gone like merge, tried to merge with someone to just pick up that information. Like, where did this come from? Where did the ship come from? Like, it's possible. Like, we didn't see it. And, but yeah, all they really give us is that he sees the Life Foundation right. thing. Yeah. That's the only way you're tracing it back. Yeah. And then they show at no point does any research to find out it's in San Francisco. No, he just I knows. He, he, I mean, they'll grow in you and, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, it's nowhere to go. Um, okay, so that goes back to, again, to, so, so Venom merges with Eddie. Yes. Right? Um, after being possessed, after possessing his uh, homeless friend. Yes. Who he tries to rescue. Yes. Uh... One of the symbiotes dies by failing to... Connect with the doctor. Connect with the doctor, I guess? Yeah, that's one of them. And then the other one, they say, Oh, this one died. Where were you guys? Oh, I was standing over there. Where were you? So right on the off screen, this thing failed because the other two guys weren't paying attention. Again, lack of any type of attention to these experiments and things. Really bizarre throwaways. Because the one yellowy goo thing, that's like Scream, right? That's one people were hypothesizing. Mm -hmm. I almost thought when she came out and would attack him, she would evolve into Scream as a brief cameo, if anything else, and and Venom would come a different way. Yeah. well, that didn't happen. No, it's so, not. Okay. Um, and then we have your the merging with Eddie. And then it takes a while for him to finally Be evolve Venom. into Venom. Yeah. It is a slow burn to I, a certain extent. I think that works because, I, again, you're... Yeah, I, I think it made sense to kind of delay it and not have it just be, boom, here it is. Right. 
So at one point, so they go on and on. He, he's in his head and everything about you. Da 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 da. But at one point, Anne calls. Goes, who's that? Yeah. Well, you know everything. How do you not know who he that is? He could also be just saying that to mess with his host, right? Like in theory, he's picking up a lot of what what is going on in his mind, but maybe not everything in terms of memories. And plus, it's going to unnerve Eddie and feel like somewhat like he's on the defensive to think that this guy just knows everything about him. So I, 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 I actually did think about that when they mentioned it. But I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm okay with that. And plus, you need for narrative, you need to. Supply that. Fine. So he ended up being almost, to a certain degree, a level of comic relief. Yes. The Venom voice in the head. Or Venom in general. Yeah. Which we didn't... It's interesting, too, because that's a more modern thing. The idea of having the two of them kind of talk to each other. Because the classic version of Venom, we never saw that. They were just just one. And you never really had a lot of internal narration about them actually having a symbiosis or talking back and forth. That wasn't something that existed. That's a much more modern concept. Um, so it's interesting to kind of see it expressed in some way because again, the classic versions of Venom didn't didn't include it. it just no. wasn't. They were just perfect symbiosis. That was it. We never heard the symbiote talk. Right. It's different. So how did you feel about him being the comic relief? Or? Comic relief, like calling him a pussy outright. Like where, that was where, funny. It was funny, but, but where weird. does this alien get like this terminology? Oh, I. Just merging with the multiple human hosts, picking up dialogue. one human host. Well, multiple. It had been on a few others. It had been on at least the homeless girl. Okay, like two people. Yeah, but they're still picking up language. And and it's also like, are they speaking in their own? Like, is it actually English or is it, can he's in? It's in his head, right? So like, it, it's speaking. It maybe it's language, but it's been converted to English. So it's not necessarily speaking in the vernacular that we're used to, but. Calling it in similar terms, I don't know. It didn't really bother me. It was funny. They were obviously playing it for that that kind of comic relief, and I'm like, you had to give the the symbiote some sort of personality, and this made it made the viewing experience more enjoyable because it gave it gave a personality to the symbiote as opposed to just being serious and nothing else. And I think you had to imbue it with something because then it becomes a kind of buddy, buddy comedy right where one guy's like trying to like make sure we don't hurt anyone make sure we don't eat anyone like very much straight laced and the other one's just kind of off kilter it's kind of like Danny Glover and Mel Gibson in one right so Eddie Brock is Danny Glover trying to throw nonsense and then the crazy crazy one Riggs going all over the place is you know the symbiote you know just kind of talking smack and just wanting to hurt people am I reaching a little too far for you or I don't know. Okay, so... I don't like this version of Eddie. I think it's weird because Eddie... The huge loser Eddie? Well, I'm not... I have nothing wrong with him being a loser because he is in the comics. But in the the comics, his loserness propels him down a path. He's already got kind of some issues in his head. And he makes decisions that are not good ones. So he... Willingly goes like he does a story that ends up being false, and that which is unfortunate. But he didn't necessarily actively engage in deceit. And then, you know, he's just a, he's full with rage, misplaced rage. He's got a lot of you know issues that kind of in his head. He's a maniac. Whereas this this is a Eddie Brock who's generally speaking a good guy, um, very much kind of arrogant, doing what I'm going to do, doesn't care about the, the consequences, but not a bad person. And it's just weird to watch a Venom movie where Eddie Brock is not Eddie Brock at all. He's someone else. This is not an Eddie Brock who's existed in any comic because it's just, because he's not a villain. He has to be the hero of the story. Whereas at least when Venom was a lethal protector, he was still Venom. He was still like crazy. 
Um, but he was at least putting the craziness in a better direction. Whereas this isn't a crazy Venom at all. This is just a guy who's kind of an idiot and a loser, but because of stupid decisions that he chooses to make, um, he is the architect of his own destruction here. Um, the reason why his relationship fails, the reason why he loses his job, it's all on him and just refuses to take responsibility, which is, again, not maybe that different from Eddie in the comics, but then the comics goes a lot farther and has his own mental issues. It's just not Eddie. No. I just don't, I don't know who it is. That's why I feel like people who go into this not really knowing anything about Eddie Brock or Venom or anything and just kind of watch it for, oh, it's kind of like a superhero movie but different, and it's also got these horror tendencies at times and also sci-fi leanings, I think they would enjoy it more than we would because they don't have any baggage. I think the less baggage you have on the character, the more enjoyable this can be. But it rolls into like these two losers who found each other. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to break your rules anymore. It's a buddy comedy. I like you, Eddie. You're cool. Yeah. I'm going to be cool now. We're going to be heroes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a buddy comedy. But that's not necessarily bad. It's just we don't want that because that's not what Venom is. That's not what this character is. And it's really just very distracting to not have a giant spider symbol on his chest. Like, it's weird because you have, like, the veins and stuff. White veins, It's almost like a Spider-Man. There's there's no almost anything. I don't know. (laughs) It's just stuff. It does have the the giant tongue. Like, so here's my question. Having watched the movie, which Venom do you prefer? Spider-Man 3's Venom or this Venom? You didn't have time to do anything with Spider-Man 3's Venom. Don't care. Which one do you prefer to see? Which one do you think felt... Well, which one feels more like Venom? Like, this This is, artistically speaking, like, visually, this looks like Venom. He's giant. He's got the giant tongue. He's Venom, right? He yes. He feels more like Venom. Yes. But the visuals look like Venom. But personality, not really Venom, not really Eddie Brock. Neither is Twilford Grace. Closer. The, the character's origin more aligns with it. Right? He, he feels more like the Eddie we know. Right. But he doesn't really look like the Eddie we know. And, oh, neither one of them are like the bodybuilder kind of type that uh, Dave Michelani kind of had in mind. Right. Because uh, he always wanted to have a bodybuilder, this guy who's strong, uh, misplaced rage. And then, again, the whole idea of why they're such a perfect match in the comics is that they both have this immense hatred for Spider-Man. And so that that's kind of helps them with the symbiosis because Absolutely. they're of one mind, and there's no there's no mental real alignment between Eddie Brock and the symbiote. Even at the end, they're still fighting with each other. Like they are not one, and that's always been a key component to what made Venom Venom. The whole we are Venom. I don't really buy that with this guy. Um, there are two two entities as a buddy comedy, kind of doing their own thing, but they're not one entity. They're not we. They're Eddie and symbiote, and it, it's. I mean, it, I, I actually did not mind that they just decided that this symbiote's name was Venom. Okay, fine. That works just fine. Because in the comics, it doesn't even make sense either. We are Venom. Why? Right. The symbiote didn't have a name. This decided that, you know... Yeah, we yeah. Are Venom, Venom, Riot, whatever. That's yeah, just, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the Venom, Venom symbiote actually having a name that is Venom. Whatever, that's fine. Sure. That didn't bother me at all. I thought, you know what, that works. That makes sense. Whatever, do it. It does make me sad that like we were never going to have a Tom Holland Venom, which would be kind of cool. Like if they had enough Tom Holland Spider Man movies, I'd like to see the MCU's take on Venom, or like and and how you would do that in a universe where you actually could have Battle World. You could have crazy shit if you wanted to in the MCU. Did you hear the most recent rumor about the uh, title of the new Avengers movie? Assemble. No, uh, Avengers Annihilation. 
don't care at all. There's no reaction on your face. I mean, this is not even a podcast, but uh, your face had so nonplussed. It's like it's like I just you know said nothing. It's like I just stared at you and like. Well, it's just I don't know if it doesn't mean that anything. would fit. No, why not? Then just annihilation. Why wouldn't it work for you? As a title, because there's no annihilation that's going to happen. You've already annihilated half the galaxy. Only half, right? The half and, and now you're going to not. No, I think if you want to do annihilation, you want to do annihilation. I don't think you want to yeah. shoehorn it into this because there's nothing to do with annihilation. If, if they called it Avengers Assemble, I'm curious what they would call it in the UK because they already called the first one Avengers Assemble in the UK. Well, then they get 2.0. Avengers Assemble 2. That's what makes sense to me. Like, you decimated yeah. half of them. Let's bring them back. Let's finally fucking have Chris Evans raise his fucking shield and call it out. Like, I'm ready for it. Did you Let's see go. The, he posted that Let's he's, go. you know, he, he's he done, yeah. just found his final day on filming. Yeah. I think he dies in the movie. <sighs> we'll see. I hope he has more to do. Like, I love his version of Cap, but he didn't have much to do in, uh, in Infinity War. No, for sure. Like he, he was definitely... Anyways, we're talking about Venom here. Sorry. <laughs> right, we've gotten to better things for a second there. Um, I things. really loved the, the doctor, the, the, the boyfriend, because I felt that very much played against what you would expect. Um, you know, Anne's moved on to someone new, but he's a good guy, a decent guy. He's a, ni- you know, a nice person. There's no bad things. Like, I think it's often with these types of movies, they'll, you know, make the new guy kind of a dick and make it easier to root against him and root for Eddie. But instead, they make him such a light, nice guy, you almost kind of root against Eddie there. Like, you know, she's moved on with someone better. Um, and I like that actor a lot. He was on a TV show that I watched for four years. So, like, I, I took me a second to even realize it was him because on the show, he always had, like, a five o'clock shadow and here he's, like, extremely clean shaven. Oh, okay. I was like, is it him? It sounds like him. Is it him? I, th- I liked him, and I actually didn't mind Michelle Williams. She's not my favorite actress. I think she's very wooden often. I know a lot of people like her, but I've never found that she has a lot of emotion or range, but I thought she did a good good enough job here. And I liked that they actually, again, made her she-venom for a minute. Like, that was cool. I did not expect that at all. No, I didn't see that coming. That, that was fun to see. Like, I thought it was just going to be the symbiote on its own, and I was like, oh, shit, it's with Anne. That's cool. Or I took the dog still somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd be <laughs> cool, too, yeah. <laughs> Little puppy yeah. coming to own you. But, but I like that. Because, um, again, I didn't expect it. That was nice. What did you think of Anne otherwise? Uh, she was fine. She was the loving trust. She was the girlfriend. Kind of like... But, so she, she actually got a little bit more to do. Like, and she kind of meta-textually, she actually kind of said, like, I can do more than just... Like, she actually helps at the end. Oh, yeah. She was able to run into the space facility <laughs> with no issue whatsoever. To be fair... As everyone's running away I mean, from their and, and no one cares. Was trying to murder everyone. And I did like that Riot... So here's my issue with the post-credit scene. So obviously they introduced Cletus Cassidy, which... I don't know how they're going to make him Carnage if they actually get greenlit for Venom 2, but whatever. But uh, I feel like it's going to mean less and be less cool to see Carnage because, first of all, we've already had symbiote and symbiote action here. Plus, you had Riot basically doing the Carnage thing. You had him, you know, yeah. shape-shifting into Everything, things. Everything, yeah. Like, that's, that's Carnage's shtick. Yeah. So what are you going to do that's new? Like, I feel like, as a sequel, Carnage doesn't work if you've already given him another symbiote to fight against. Um, like I don't know what your feelings on that are. I know I totally agree. I think you uh, people want to see Venom versus Carnage. Like great, but you've had this kind of weird Riot fight where she, yeah, outside of Riot being like big and huge and muscly, like yeah. more muscle bound version of what Carnage would be. Carnage is usually like skinny and lanky yeah. and you know has still has the blades and the astral tendrils and stuff like that. Yeah. 
like what they do a weird take on Maxim Carnage somehow. Like have him. No, I, I agree with you, but he has to go uh, on some type of murdering spree, and he has to have weird minions and. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you'd make it a movie, but I, I mean, like, I guess you play up the serial killer nature and you make it like a thriller. Like, I think you have to figure out how to. Like, this was the, this was the, a little bit of horror, but more of a sci-fi movie. Okay, so then you have to figure out well, how do you make the next one maybe a different genre, still using the symbiotes to do it. Like, there's a way to make it a thriller. A suspense thriller using symbiotes. They just have to figure out the right way to do it. But I think you can do it. I think you can use different genres and use the symbiote to kind of come out. And by the end of this movie, they're definitely trying to show that you know the symbiote is protecting innocence. That he's going to protect innocence, but battle bad people. And obviously, the Carnage well, only because Eddie says so. But yeah. Only because Eddie said so. And it bothered me because this is not something that ever really happened in the comics until much more recently. Is Venom killed people, yeah. But he didn't eat them. That's a much more modern thing, to have Venom actually eat people. Like, he would say, I want to eat your brains. But that was never really, like, a thing that actually happened. So seeing like him... Marvel like, Knights era started to happen? Uh, when they actually started biting there? people? I'm not sure. I, I, I have was around there when they eating people. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was when... Um, Gargan had him, right? When Gargan had him, which was after that. Well, truly after yeah, not long after that, but basically when he was on Thunderbolts, when he was starting to like yeah. mow down on people. Yeah. And I think ever since then, it's been more part of the character. But I think like up until then, it was more of a, it was like a threat, but not something he really did. And it was just weird to see him like biting and shooting, like biting people's heads off. It bothered me more he, that he did it at the grocer at the end. Completely ate the person, actually. Did he completely ate the person? There's nothing left. There's no like blood yeah, stains on the floor. Right. There's no body. There's, that was fucked and, up. And, and, and the Chinese like, oh. That's cool. See you later. Yeah, Have that, was, day. that was really fucked Unfazed. up. Unfazed. Yeah. Unfazed by, like, your customer just became this alien monster. Ate your, your pimp daddy who's been trying to yeah. hustling you. That really bothered me. Okay, we're cool. See you that, later. That, that, again, they, they use that as a comedic beat. It's weird. Right? Weird tones. So, another thing I thought I might have missed. So, okay, so he breaks into his boss's office to leave his phone and a note. Yes. Then does not show by the window, gets called a pussy comes down the elevator, and a SWAT team is there. Yes. Because? No idea. Did he trip an alarm? He was on the top of the building, and then he did fall down the building. But there's Yeah, no well, because the airplane flew by and yeah, messed yeah. him up. Yeah, there's no need for that right? SWAT. No. The, I agree. Other than having a cool fight scene from the beat up a whole bunch of when faceless feels, people. When it first showed up, I was like, well, maybe it's the Life Foundation. And That's like, no, what I thought it was. Nope, but it's it was a SWAT team. Yeah, there's and no... Why is this police SWAT team here? You for have no you, reason. No, you haven't missed anything. That made no sense. Right? No. And, you need to have your, and you're, in, you're in San Francisco, so no movie in San Francisco is complete without a stereotypical crazy car chase up and down hills. Yes. Which, like, do you feel that dragged on a bit? Um... A little, but I, you know what? I think it it, it served multiple purposes because most car chases are just that. This is a car chase and a guy coming to grips with something that's happening to him at the same time and trying to understand what it is. And him and his buddy kind of really talking for the first time and really kind of kind of coming to some sort of realization. So I think if it if they had stripped out the parts where he's kind of dealing with the powers and talking to the symbiote, etc., yes, absolutely too long. But I think. Because he's dealing with other things, it's not just the, the chase sequence itself. I think it worked better. Maybe I'm being too kind. You're being way too kind. I didn't think it was an awful movie. I just thought it was an, it was an odd movie. 
the character was not Eddie, but that's me bringing in baggage that didn't exist. Like, the, the Eddie in the movie is just fine. He's just not the Eddie Brock I know. Uh, the Venom symbiote is closer to the, sim- the symbiote we know. Uh, I'd say it's more accurate, um, and I was okay with that. I like. I didn't have anything against the origin of why they're coming to Earth or Riot being kind of the leader of the of the expedition. That's fine. Like I thought, most of it that kind of worked. I just thought tonally there were some issues. Um, you know, some sequences dragged on a little long, or I didn't know exactly why they were there. I hate Tom Hardy's accent and the way he talks, and I don't know if that's. I don't know enough about his performances on non-Bane roles to know if that's usually how he talks or if this was a choice, but I didn't like it if it was a choice, and I just found him frustrating to kind of watch, and it's something about his, even his physicality and how he carried himself as Eddie, I was just like, fuck off, man. Like, right? I, just, like I really just, I, I found the whole character kind of a dick, and not and not a guy I really enjoyed as a presence, and I, I found Michelle Williams not as wooden as often she can be, but still pretty wooden, and I don't think she really delved into the role enough, and uh, and I thought even this is going to sound stupid, but when the symbiote came off of her, her hair is not even messed up at all. Like it's exactly the same. It's like nothing happened. That bothered me a little. Like I feel like she, like whereas Eddie looks like a fucking mess the entire time. He's always got sweat <laughs> everywhere. Disaster. You know, like and again, these are all choices, but not choices I necessarily liked. So you and I had a quick look at each other at, at this point in the movie where he decides to have a dip in the lobster tank. Yes. When he's going mental at the restaurant. Yes. And it was at, it was at that point I go, what, what the fuck are they doing with this thing? Like, honestly. Like, I get they're trying to showcase... That felt like a Spider-Man 3 Sam Raimi moment. Right? Yeah. Like, I get you're trying to showcase he's kind of maybe going mental and you want the girlfriend to make you feel sorry for him and yeah. now the, the doctor buddy is going to come in and maybe try and save the day. And, yeah. You know, I could, it was maybe a way to reconnect. You know, mm-hmm. she's left him. She's done with him. She made it very clear... We're yeah. done. We're yeah, not, yeah. There's no coming back here. And then I guess maybe that was the turnaround. She felt sorry for him, but seriously, climbing into a lobster tank and, and I guess part of it that bothered me more about that too is that he's a local celebrity. Like people know who he is. He's right. on TV. People are fans. People know who this guy is. So the fact that this guy who people know from TV is going having a fucking mental breakdown and like trying to grab food off everything on a very public place, that made me uncomfortable and feel weird. Like, how do you walk back the character from this? This is a very public display of insanity. And, like, sitting inside a lobster tank and then eating the lobster, like, I knew it was coming, obviously. Right. And they never did anything really with the character after that, like, with the idea that Venom needs food so voraciously that, you know, like, he was eating out of the garbage and all this shit and then, like, throwing everywhere because it was disgusting and, and bad for him, obviously. And, like, all this shit is happening and he just needs, like, live food. But they never really go anywhere with that. Like, they don't come back to that as a plot point. Like, they, they develop it, they throw it out there, and then they're like, eh. Forget about yeah. that. He can eat regular food. It's fine. I'm like, but you just said he can't. Yeah. It's... You just said he needs live food. Otherwise, he's going to be, like, the same is going crazy. It's like, the odd choices. Like, again, I, it was not a terrible movie, but there's a lot of weird choices, weird decisions, weird acting moves. I'm not a huge fan of some of the actors that are in it, but, like, the premise isn't necessarily all bonkers. And, like, considering it doesn't have Spider-Man, it does okay, it just, but, but Venom doesn't have enough of a purpose. That's what makes the character like originally. What people loved about Venom was that you know he had a clear, I'm I'm here to destroy Spider Man. Spider Man ruined my life. Yes, he ruined my life and the symbiote's life. And now we are one, and we're gonna fucking destroy Spider Man. Well, that's a very clear. Now 
Eric they're Larson. trying to make Drake that. I know. Eric Larson hates that origin because he thinks it's stupid. Because he's like, really? Basically, it's uh, Spider-Man's dirty laundry is upset about being cast off. Like he's like, that's kind of dumb. But which is true, it is. But that core element of who Venom is is what made him so popular for all those years. This Venom has none of that. So he's just something different. Very Isn't different. Very different. Very different. What would your overall rating of this wonderful film be? I, already we're at, we're at uh, we're, we're I, quickly well, chased here. Eh? Do, you, do you have a lot more to say? Like a lot more <laughs> thoughts? Well, let's talk. So hold on. Post credit sequence. Yes. Woody Harrelson. Not a bad surprise choice. Surprise me. I surprised. I didn't realize that he was cast as Cletus. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, it's funny when they have the cast listing right after that sequence. It's pretty high on the list. It's pretty high on the list considering yeah. he's in it for like you know two minutes. Yeah. Um, the 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 wig was terrible. Like it was too red and it just looked weird on him. A clown fucking it looked, like yeah. McDonald's hair. Yeah, it, it really was. Right. Yeah. So that was a weird choice. Um, I thought he can be more menacing than he was in this. Like, I've seen him be more fucking crazy and scary in other roles. That being said, he's not a bad choice to be a crazy serial killer. Um, you know, I mean, he has that, like, redneck hick kind of He can He can do that. He's sick. got these eyes, which are fucking crazy. Like, when he turns on the crazy, like, it works. Like, he's done movie roles where he's done that, and he's very intimidating. So I, 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 I think he's an interesting choice. Uh, I don't know if he's quite the right physicality for Cletus, because Cletus is supposed to be kind of gangly and weird. And, like, not a buffer. Like, he's supposed to always be the kind of the anti-version of what Eddie Brock is. Eddie right. Brock was supposed to be the, you know, the pumped up, you know, big guy, whereas Cletus was just the fucking crazy psycho, but his physicality was very much more, like, lean and, yep. like, lanky. Um, so I think he's not a bad choice to play Cletus. Um, I don't know how they're going to make him Carnage. Because, again, like, even in the original, like, Venom didn't even realize that the symbiote had spawned and left, like, a little piece behind. Like, it was all kind of weird. I don't know if they're going to get a Venom 2, but, okay. Well, yeah, it, well... I just don't know if it's going to mean the same, because, again, we just saw Riot, like I said before. But other than that, all right. I think he's a, cool, he's a good choice to play Cletus. I think he could do it. You agree or disagree? Can he play Cletus Castle? <laughs> Yeah, I think he's high profile enough, and he has a good range. So I don't think there'll be any concerns to to play that character. Like, do you think he's too old for Clintons? Like, he's not a young guy. Doesn't matter. I don't know. You, just you, you, you can do enough special effects or makeup to de-age anyone. No, no, I know. Look. But like, I guess just you know, my interpretation of Cletus is usually more in twenty thirties, not fifties. So there's a bit of a difference. No, for sure. Yeah, I would maybe prefer a different actor, but. It is what it is at this point, right? Yeah. Obviously, the success or failure of this movie will, you know, make or break what's going on. Like, obviously. How do you think he gets out? Like, how do you get him out of prison? Like, in the original, he's a serial killer, yeah, but he's basically in regular prison. He's not in solitary. He's not in a special confinement. He's literally sharing a cell with Ben. Like, that's it. That's as simple as it is. These two guys are just sharing, sharing a cell together. And actually, I believe Cletus Cassidy was fashioning a shiv so that he could kill Eddie Brock because he's bored and you know, fucking psychopath. And then the symbiote shows up and rescues Eddie right. and leaves a little piece behind, which merges with, uh, with Carnage. Uh, I'm just curious, like, how, do you, how do you even get him to the point of becoming Carnage? It's a curiosity to me. I'm, I'm curious how they make it happen. It could, it could be something that simple. He already threatens, hey, when I get out, I'm gonna. If they continue down the road of, so Eddie got got this exclusive interview thing for yeah. whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, 
during one of the sessions, Carnage makes his move. Yeah. Maybe he stabs Eddie, and the, and the process of stabbing Eddie yeah. gets a chunk of something. Yeah. Blood, whatever it is yeah. that is the yeah. spawn of the symbiote. It's, it's possible. Right? Did, it, did it bother you how easy it was for the symbiote to be separated from Eddie over, over and over again? Like, there's a couple times where like, he just completely disconnected. And in the comics, that's always been kind of the, the selling point of the characters, that they are one. They are completely bonded. They can't be separated. But here, it's still a choice, basically. The symbiote could choose to leave. Um, do you think they'll actually go the extra mile to figure out a way to get them completely bonded? Where they are truly one? Do they want to go that deep with the nuances? I don't know. Do I don't care know. But, like, otherwise, like... If, if they ever have a disagreement, the Venom Symbiote could just say, well, fuck off, we'll go find someone else. Yeah, but they've already proven that the bondage with the right host yes. will amplifies the yeah. affection of the power, True. the ability to survive, no yeah. rejection, human doesn't die, Symbiote doesn't die, yeah. that kind of thing. I do right. miss Venom web swinging, but they have tendril kind of flying, so it kind of works anyway, but... Visually, you had to go there because no Spider-Man. Well, of course, there's no Spider-Man for him to emulate. And yeah. they could, I mean, here's the thing: could they have just had comic books exist in this universe where he had Spider-Man comics and he just saw Spider-Man and did like that? Like, would that have been something they could have done? Or do they want it to potentially someday connect it if they can, if they are ever able to, to somehow have Venom be part of the MCU? Not officially at the beginning, but then kind of bring it in later. Is this all potential things that could happen on the table? That's all way above anyone's knowledge or pay. Sure, no one knows how it would work. No. That's fair. You know, again, the success of if if Sony continues to fail at these various movies, whether it be Venom, Mm -hmm. Black Cat, Silver Sable, pick your character that they still have under their umbrella, you know, they may. You know, I don't think again. Back to our original conversation: Can they renege on the whole on the whole deal? Say, okay, so Marvel Studios, you can have the characters back as long as we get a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Well, Marvel said, "Well, screw that. If you're not going to bother doing any work for them, you don't deserve anything just because you have the license for it, right?" Yeah. So maybe there has to be a certain level of we're going to make a few shitty movies here and there to keep it alive. Um, like, because again, but they're not really tarnishing the Spider-Man brand. Like, do enough people equate Venom to Spider-Man? Like, I mean, we do, because we know the character, and a lot of people who are relatively cognizant of the comics do, too. No, but... But there's a lot of people out there who don't know anything. I guess, yeah, you still have the Marvel name associated with it, right? I know it says it's it's very specifically in association with Marvel. It's the first time it's ever done that. Because, like, all the Fox uh, X-Men movies are all just, you know, Marvel. It never said in association with well, I think they want to make it very clear: Marvel Studios versus, yeah, you know what's not, yes. Because um, you know the average movie goer. I don't think the average movie goer notices or gives a fuck. Right. I think they just see the name Marvel and they're like, "Oh, it's the new Marvel movie." Right. I mean, some people don't even know that DC Comics are Marvel. Well, they, there's that. Too. There are people who just literally would not know the difference. Right. So, I mean, they're um, dumbasses, but. I think I think we I can be kind of fair, and this wasn't the train wreck. We, it's not a terrible movie. No, it's not terrible. It's a movie that makes odd choices and isn't consistent, and I isn't a great adaptation of a character. But it's also not a movie that I couldn't watch. It's not a movie that was so terrible that I was like, "Oh fuck, is this over yet?" Like, 
It's coherent. The, the, I don't know how it's coherent. There's some bits that are pretty unbearable, and there's a lot of holes. There are there are holes uh, more than your typical Marvel Studios movie, which are typically still have holes, but not usually as large. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It wasn't good either. It was it was middle, very middle of the road. It was okay. Second post credit sequence. Not even about this movie at all. Uh, no, just uh, pumping tires for Spider Verse. But uh, we've talked about it off podcast, but I'm so excited for that movie because it's something different. It's I'm shocked that they're making it a movie that's actually happening. It was cool enough when it would look like it was just going to be a you know a Miles Morales movie. And then when you had, I guess around Comic-Con or just before Comic-Con, you had the trailer come out where you're like, oh shit, Spider-Gwen's in this? You have Adult Peters in this? And in the most recent trailer, which is now attached to this movie, you're like, oh fuck, everyone's in it. Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Ham, like... They're just going full bore. We're going to give you the Spider Verse, and that's. But who else is in there? So you have just a bunch. That's it. Well, you have Noir. Yeah. Right. You have Ham. Yeah. Old Peter. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. Spider Man. That's it. Spider Man. No, but you have have that weird kind of Japanese anime looking character. Oh right. And this weird, like almost weird. I don't don't know if that little circular robot thing. I think it's connected to the anime character, which makes sense. But it could be wrong. Um, Um, So that's six or seven versions of Spider Man. That's cool. Like, it, it looks fun. Like, no, the, the preview we saw was, I guess, showing, like, you know, the idea that there is a Peter Parker from the, this Miles Morales' universe who died, who so was 20, 27 years old. So 91 to 2018 oh, was the... Did the math on the tombstone there? I did. Of course. And, uh, which was cool. And then adult Peter kind of shows up, and then it's this calamity of errors. So and, who's that chasing him on the bike? Is that Prowler? I was assuming that was Prowler. Okay. Because I believe Aaron Davis was like the that character is in the movie, so okay. It was full of slapstick, and isn't the Prowler his uncle or some nonsense? Yes, yeah. Okay. So it's full of slapstick. This this preview definitely played up the humor aspects. It did. Did things that were a little bit like what, like you know, but like what was the APB put out? Like I think there's like kid dressed as Spider Man dragging a homeless corpse. Dragging a homeless corpse, yeah. Which is funny. Like I, I laughed. Like. It fills me with hope for that movie because uh, not only are we getting like this crazy kind of high concept fun mess of things happening just thrown all in one, but you know it seems like it's not taking itself seriously. You're getting funny moments throughout the trailer, throughout this clip, um, and it, it definitely makes me excited to to watch something that's not dour and depressing and too serious, but it just has a lighter tone to it and still hopefully tells a Spider-Man story. And I think that's what Marvel needs. They haven't had um, a lot of success in animation for a while. No. Um, well, I mean, they have a bunch of animated series that are on the air, and they've been on there for a while. No? Well, okay. They have Marvel's Spider-Man, which is in its second season. They have... Isn't it Ultimate Spider-Man? No, that got canceled a couple years ago. No, it's just Spider-Man? Marvel's Spider-Man. Marvel's Spider-Man. That's what it's called. And in the first episode, I believe he wore a costume not that dissimilar from the, one of the homecoming costumes. So this is very much like feeling like it's it, it's very much. It actually borrows a lot from Dan Slott. I think he goes to like her, uh, Horizons like themed high school. Max Medell is in it. Like there's it's a little bit more that kind of style. But yeah, you had Ultimate. So this is not this is not the one where he's hanging with Nova and no. Okay. That was done. That was Ultimate Spider-Man, was which went for I think five seasons. Uh, that was five seasons long. Yeah. Shut the front door. Yeah. It had a lot of episodes too. 
And it had a whole Spider-Verse kind of thing on its own. I know it had some Spider-Verse, yeah. She had Miles there. I don't think it's Spider-Gwen, but I don't think she existed yet. Because there was a Guardian show, and there was Avengers, right? Yeah, and Avengers is still going. And right now, I think they're doing, like, a uh, some sort of Black Panther kind of themed season or so. Okay. Which makes sense because of the, the popularity of the movie. Uh, but, like, they have had TV shows ongoing that have been doing well, like... We don't care, because... But we should. We love, like, Avengers Assemble. Well, I think the like, part of why you and I didn't care about Avengers... Uh, whatever the newest version of Avengers has been, it's because we loved Avengers Assemble. And then they canceled it to make something new that was more in line with the movies. And we were like, eh, fuck that. Because we... A property we loved was taken away. Right. That's part of why I didn't really follow Ultimate Spider-Man, is because I love Spectacular Spider-Man. Right. Which is still, I think... As much as I love the 90s Spider-Man, I think Spectacular is better because its storytelling was better. Like, it, it told better, more coherent, actual serial stories because they were allowed to, whereas John Semper was never really allowed to do it, even though he kind of did it anyway. And the art was more or less better. Um, rudimentary at first. I remember when I first watched Spectacular Spider-Man, and I, it took me a while to really get on board with the art style. I was like, I don't know about this. And now I love it. Like, it just, it's simple, but it, effective. Um... I don't know what my point was, but... Marvel still has animation. It does, but in terms of animated movies... They've never really hit the mark. And not that DC's rolling out... like They're they're rolling out lots of direct-to-DVD movies, but they're still movies, and most of them are are pretty watchable. Yeah, right. mostly. There have been a few misses here and there. Killing Joke? Right. Um, For example. Terrible. Uh, But when's the last time Marvel did any type of short animated movie that was worth anything? It's been a long time. Right? So... I mean, they they did a lot of them in the mid two thousands because they had Doctor Strange, they did an Iron Man one. Like there was a ton, and then once the MCU happened, they kind of backed off and stopped doing those. Right, because they rule live action. Like there's no untouchable right now. Yeah, so they're just kind of not doing that. It'll be it'll be fun to see if this can be a good a good family, right? Something to your kids to. Yeah. Something 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 the nerdy adults can enjoy. But still, you can take my nine-year-old too, and he can enjoy. Yeah. I think that's what you need, for, especially for animation. So I think that has got to be the kind of the target. Yes. I think I think the crazy. It's not as it doesn't look as kiddy as something like Teen Titans Go. No, which that's is a much whole more different, jo- much more juvenile. Yeah. That's all fart jokes and juvenile. And yeah. my this, God, please post credits, bring up the real Teen Titans. I'm ready for that. I don't know. Um, um, I mean, this the preview we saw again. It made me feel much more confident that this is a movie I could probably take my five-year-old to. Um, that, you know, I think he could appreciate the jokes. There's a lot of jokes in that sequence. And it's funny, and it's silly, and even when they, they finally drop off the, um, the subway car, they're just kind of lying in the street, and everyone's just kind of walking by. Like, it's funny. Like it's, it's playing it for laughs, but you know that there's going to be an actual story as well. And the trailers make me feel very confident about that. I'm excited for it. It was a weird choice to do it this way, that everyone waits through the movie, and it's like, meanwhile, another universe, and like, I mean, cool, but, like, really? Yeah, I initially thought, okay, maybe you're going to show me that there's a Venom in this universe that yeah. somehow, that, that relates to what we just watched, but at least it's a Venom connection. Yeah, yeah, So, but it was just a shameless plug for their next project, which was a very interesting take. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was another, what movie was it not long ago? Well, I guess there have been some Rubble Studios movies where they've had, like, a post-credit stinger that had nothing to do with the movie that it was part of. Like, wasn't it, I guess Ant-Man... It kind of matter, but like we had the basically the scene from Civil War. It's like I know a guy, so it's obviously referencing right. anime, but like not really. It's really just showing me a sequence from the next movie. Uh, there's been I think one or two more, but I like that. But it's, kind of, it's just a, it's a choice. It was a long haul to get to that. 
That's your post credit thing. Well, I said to you in the theater, I'm like, I think more people worked on this than Infinity War. Yeah, I don't think the Infinity War credits took as long. Maybe they were condensed, because, man, it feels like forever to get to that. I forgot to look at the special uh, thanks. I'm curious if they did put out a special thanks to David Michelinie, Tom McFarlane. Like, without those guys, especially Eric Larson. Like, Eric Larson, if you don't have Eric Larson, there is no uh, Venom tongue. Have you ever heard the story about the tongue? Yeah. That's what it's you can tell our listeners you know, that 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 uh, Tom McFarlane, there's a cover to Spider-Man versus Venom trade, and Eric Larson in his head when he started drawing Venom thought that he had this trade and was absolutely certain that Tom McFarlane had drawn him with a tongue. So he was like, "Well, give him a tongue because Todd did it." And then it turns out, no, there was no tongue on that image. It was just like a like a blip. It was just like just his mouth open. But he, in his mind, believed that there was a tongue, so he didn't think he was doing anything weird. He was just following Todd's lead and thought it was cool. But he, so basically, the tongue was Eric Larson's fault. Totally unintentionally, which is very funny. But uh, yeah, I always like that story. That's how Venom got his tongue. So I'm just curious if there's special thanks to those three guys. because I saw it created by, which had a couple of people. Uh, so it said Michelani and McFarlane? Yeah. Because yeah, you have to credit yeah. those. I saw that, but I didn't, that's about it. I've always, um, it's been interesting. So obviously creator credits is very important in the industry and how much an artist contributes and how much the, you know, the writer contributes. And David Michelini has always said that he is the originator of Venom. So he's not saying he necessarily, because he didn't come up with the physicality of the character, etc. He originated the idea of what the Venom character would be and then Tom McFarlane helped co-create that character. So it's an interesting line to draw. Um, there's a, a, a phenomenal BBC documentary from 2007 called In Search of Steve Dicko, and they pointedly asked Stanley, and it's a very uncomfortable interview, being like, is Steve Dicko the co-creator of Spider-Man? He's like, and basically Stan's saying, like, I created it. And like, yeah, but this guy created the, you know, the visual representation. What if someone else had done that and it hadn't worked? And then Stan's like, then I would have created a character that didn't work. And he's, and they're like, but is he the co-creator? And he's like, you know, if he wants to be considered the co-creator, then I can consider him to be that. And they're basically trying to get him to admit that he doesn't actually view Steve Dicko as the co-creator of Spider-Man. That he is the creator. Because in his head, he dreamed up the character. Even though a big part of what Spider- makes Spider-Man work is the costume, how he operates, and that's more Steve Dicko. That's Steve Dicko's style. But according to Stan Lee, he creates Spider-Man. And then he will allow... And so this is what always pissed off Dicko, was that he would say, I consider to be, but he's not actually saying he is the co-creator. He would say, yeah, okay, let's consider him to be the co-creator. And so up to his, probably his dying day, that was probably something that bothered the fuck out of Steve Dicko. Not that he cared a lot about credit, because he was a guy who didn't really go into the limelight or at all, but it's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of crazy. Like, I, I grew up in the camp of, like, pro Stan Lee, because everyone does. Right. You see, because he's the one you know. Like, he's... You know, you don't know what Jack Kirby looks like as a kid, but you know what Stan Lee looks like because he's drunk. You know, they're, they're, he's in the comics and he's around. It's all Stan Lee presents this, and so you grow up thinking that Stan Lee's like the guy, and it's actually a little bit seedier than that. He's still important. I think a lot of people like to downplay Stan Lee, and I think that's not fair either. I think you know, he's you know he's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> he's not the god of Marvel, but he's also not like the devil either. Right, for sure. I'm sure there are all kinds of stuff that went down in the old days that. Oh, yeah. We have no idea about it, so... For sure. Oh, I think I'm bugging me. I just remembered. So, when Anne 
tries to go back to, his, to Eddie's apartment after he yeah. uh, beats up the, the bad guys trying to catch him, right? Yes. Oh, okay. So, wait a minute. So when he knocks in the door to tell the buddy to, to stop the music, yeah. that brief blip where his eyes go kind of wet and the teeth go sharp, yeah. terrible. Yeah. If you, if you freeze frame that, yeah. I'm sure the, the, the effects on that are brutal. That case is going to be some kind of meme somewhere. Yeah. Um, okay, so, but then the police officer that tells her, you know, get away lady, uh, mm-hmm. nothing to see here. There's a lot of bodies on the streets tonight. Yeah. What police officer would ever tell any civilian that outright? Yeah, no. it's been a slaughter tonight, lady. <laughs> Bodies are everywhere. I, like, just, yeah. Like, I shouldn't have a job right now because death is rampant across the city. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like, dumb. Like, what kind of line is that? A very poor one. You know, like... Doesn't make any sense. It's... No one would say that in real life. Right? No. Baffling. He was stupid. Baffling. <laughs> so... Now that we've gone a little longer, we've delved a little deeper. We've had more you know, shenanigans and tangents. Yes. yes what would you? Would you? What would? Uh, how many tongues out of ten would you give this? I would give it five tongues. I'll give it middle of the road. It was not a masterpiece like Infinity War. It was not a disaster like Green Lantern. So it's kind of middle of the road. It's acceptable. Um, you know, I'd watch it again if I was bored, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, nothing. I'm at the anxious to you know. What age rating would you put on this? Like, I think it's PG-13, but, like, when would you allow Ben to watch this? Uh, he'd be older. There's some disturbing stuff. Like, when the, the that first, um, the first human experiment uh, guy, mm-hmm. the first one, uh, Isaac, was it? I think so. Um, and he starts to reject the symbiote, and he kind of gets all, you know, deformy and yeah. twitchy, and his neck kind of swings, and that, that felt... I, I had to look away. I was uncomfortable watching that scene. Oh, really? It was kind of graphic for me. And that's just me. I don't handle that kind of stuff very well. Yeah. I'm not a big horror movie guy. That, mm-hmm. stuff, that stuff bugs me. Um, so I would... And, and I know that would disturb... Like, give him nightmares. If yeah. I saw that particular scene. Um, you know, like, you never see... When he eats, or chops the head off, you know, there's no gory blood or anything. No. And he's not like, dripping from his face. So they kept that pretty... If I said R-rated, you would have saw a lot more graphic violence. True. Um, but that was the only scene that kind of said to me, like, whoa, I, that's not cool with me. But, yeah, I think you'd wait for, for double digits, maybe early teens, before you maybe... Yeah. You know, if it's PG-13, you know, at least 13 or older. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty accurate yeah. rating. I think they're probably pretty on point with that. Yeah. Uh, I think I would also give it a 5 out of 10. Like, it, it was not bad. It was not good. It was it was middle. Um, again, there's parts of it that were good, and parts of it that were terrible. So, you know, the over the overall review would be, you know, this is mm-hmm. an average film. Um, I which I think was better than what I expected. You know, and you know, you, you read the advanced reviews and everyone's kind of ripping it apart, and you know, I'm like, eh, I I don't think it's going to be that bad, and it wasn't. It just wasn't great either. No. Right, I guess it helps to walk into something. Maybe it, maybe it helps to walk in there going, "Oh my god, it's gonna be." Well, sometimes it's some, right? sometimes things will blow your mind, like X Men First Class. Like that's a movie where I expected to think that movie was gonna be a fucking train wreck. Does it all of it work? No, but there's some more more often things work than don't in that movie. Right, like everything about Magneto Nazi Hunter is fucking amazing. Like that's right from the comics, and it felt just fantastic. Like everything everything Fastbender did, couldn't stop looking at it. I always felt that. First class was always Magneto Origin. Yeah, it you know, was. That's basically what that movie really was. Yeah, and and, and it works because Fastbender's amazing. Like you believe him. 
You believe everything he does in that movie. Like he is the all star of those of those movies. I know that's the problem though. Like they need different villains, and he's always in the forefront. Well, it's because you have such an amazing actor, and he does so well. But why? Why would you want to bring in anyone else? <laughs> you know, there are more villains in X Men lore than Magneto. There are, but he's in not... every single X Men movie. Both McKellen and him. What villains do you want to see in an X Men movie? Who are good? Honestly. Toad? Not good. Has to be part of a team. But, like, what X-Men villains are actually very good. X-Men, like, for all, as long as they've been around, do not have the best villains. Well, Apocalypse... They're kind of a shallow bench. Apocalypse was tough. They tried to pull him off. It was... Yeah. Hasn't worked. Right. Okay. Uh, you could do a... You can probably do something pretty crazy. Shadow King, like, New Mutants is doing that, isn't it? Yeah. I believe so. Um, Whenever that's going to come out, right? it's been delayed like a, you a never million have, times. You need a. You can do a Mister Sinister. Can you? Why not? What, what would that movie look like? Like, what would that be? It, it delves into genetics and the Marauders and all that okay. kind of stuff, right? Yeah, Marauders could be cool. Sabretooth is screwed up, and then they kind of made better because of all the things X Men Origins did wrong. Sabretooth was was okay. Cause like, he, cause he felt like Sabretooth. Like he felt like. Yeah, I guess. Do you don't think so? I think the only remotely good thing of that whole movie was the beginning and that montage at the beginning. Yeah. Once that montage ended, the whole movie's downhill from there. Yeah, but but now that the version. Pill. But now that version of Deadpool was shot in the head. Nothing. Thank the gods. Favorite part of the whole the, uh, the the extended version has more shots. Like he he, he keeps shooting. Doesn't doesn't more. he get killed like Baby Hitler or something? Pardon Doesn't he kill Baby Hitler or something? He read that somewhere. No. He tries. Like, at the very end, he's about to, he's like, <sighs> maximum effort. And he goes in to strangle the baby. And then, like, after all the credits are done, you see that he couldn't do it. He's like, holding. him. He's like, I couldn't do it. He's like, I'll get my friend Capely. He's no problem killing kids. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. But, like, when I first saw him, I go, oh, that's uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, they revisited and said that he couldn't actually kill child Hitler. But it was funny. Because I was, you know... It's pretty difficult. It, it is the, you know, and it is the... Whenever anyone ever talks about, you know, would, if you could kill X, you can go back in time. Right. It be, it's always Hitler. That's always the example. So right. I like that they kind of took that to its natural conclusion and actually showed yeah. it. Because earlier in the movie, they mentioned killing Hitler. So I like that, again, there was payoff then. Yeah. And with space, do, do stuff against the Shi'ar. Yeah. Right? Probably tap that, Right. They've already fucked up the Juggernaut too many times, so you can't really do Juggernaut anymore. Twice, yeah. yeah. People were happier with the second time. Yes. It was more in yes. keep. It felt more like Juggernaut. It did. It did. I mean, it was still weird. It was still weird. Then they had, they, they killed Black Tom prematurely. That was kind of you know that's, that's something you used to right. <laughs> you racist. Um, but I I think there there's there's enough X Men stuff there that you can do that's past. Just yeah. Like, you know. mm. I guess so. Right. But Magneto's just so compelling. Right. Yeah. Do more Sentinel shit. Do Nimrod, Master Mold. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a, a proper Hellfire Club. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I mean, this is all stuff once... I mean, they basically have said recently that, you know, Feige's been told, X-Men's yours, fix it, do it. But So I don't know how it works with the existing movies they've already shot. Like, they're going to just release them and then just start anew right afterwards and build them into the MCU. Like, I don't know how that works, but... Cool. It'll be a tapestry, right? Once this all gets finalized and done, I know we're still a long ways away, but I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious who would end up playing a young Wolverine. 
Like, they're going to recast Wolverine. You're casting everybody. The whole thing's going to be I know, but, they, but that's the one I want to see the most. Like, that's the one I'm most curious about. Well, it would be big pressure on whoever it is. Because no one else is really attached to Cyclops. Like, Ty Sheridan, I don't care for him as Cyclops. Obviously, James Marsden never really... He, he didn't really get enough to do. No. He's never come back anyway. No. So, like, yeah, well, everyone was going to be recast, but no one else is iconic. Whereas, as, right. But, but, it, but, but where are you going to start with them, though? Uh-huh. Are you going to do like an ultimate universe angle with them? Are you going to do uh, something like you, like obviously you have to you have to make mutants a thing in the MCU, right? Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. It is, especially because like two of the more prominent, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are not mutants. They're no. messed with because of genetic modification yeah. and the gems. Yeah, I don't care that. Is it not weird that? Just because Scarlet Witch was modified by the Mind Gem, she can destroy the Mind Gem? Like, she gets powers because of the experimentation, right? Because Mind Gem was in the staff. Was in the Yeah, okay, yep. Right? Yep. So they somehow used the Mind Gem to give them, like, her powers, at least the way they had manifested them in the, in the movies, makes sense. That she's more mind manipulation than telekinesis, that kind of stuff, as opposed to probabilities, like, in the comics. So the fact that she gets that from the mind gem, okay, that's not a big stretch. Quicksilver's speed, a little bit different, but whatever. Uh, she's dead, we don't have to worry about it. Um, but then she has enough power to cr- to actually destroy the mind stone. Felt a little bit more of a, like a, a weird stretch to make. Like, why can she do that? Um, she's your, her power is to overload it. I don't know. I don't know. Is it that easy to overload a gem? Like, these gems are supposed to be, like, almost indestructible. Like, the ether couldn't be destroyed. The mind, like all these things, could not be destroyed at all, but somehow she can destroy that one. I don't know. Thanos crushed the Tesseract in his bare hand and became a gem. So, well, but it was what, what he, they were prior was, to being gems. Is yeah, different, right. Yeah, but I mean, but it was already like it's already in its its most um, raw form. Yeah, more raw form is already there. Like, yeah, the Tesseract was just a housing for the gem, um, just like the ether. Like, that's not even a gem. Like, I guess, is it a gem inside the liquid? Like, how does that even work? There's some weird goo, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm trying to think of the others. Um, well, the, uh, the, the uh, power, power was in was that... In the orb. Yeah. And so, like, once there. they opened it up, they were able to find yes. it. So, I mean, they, they do house them in other things. And the time gem was a time gem the whole way through. There was no... It was always gem form. Yeah, but it, it was, again, part of something else. That yeah. wasn't maybe completely obvious to everyone, but... Anyway, well, we've got way afield of, uh, of that. <laughs> I don't know what post credit scenes, my yeah. friends. Post credit, Jesus Christ! Yeah, we are not talking about Venom anymore. Uh, all right, so oh, we, good stuff. So, yeah, I know. So we both gave it a five. No, it's here's, probably fair. Here's my question: yeah. Do you think it'll get a sequel? It's all in numbers, buddy. It's all in numbers. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Would have would would have Woody Harrelson signed on if there wasn't a chance to do more? Well, obviously they 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 went into like they don't sign any comic book adaptations. Do not sign anyone for a series unless it's for three movies, right? Like these days, that's pretty standard. Like, so I'm pretty sure Tom Hardy has three movies in his contract, if not more. Same thing with Michelle Williams. So I'm sure Woody Harrelson they would not have in any way got him to do that little post-credit sequence if they didn't have him contracted for something else. Right. Kind of like uh, Joe Mangiello, who played Deathstroke in the post-credit sequence for uh, uh, Justice League. League. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, he was originally supposed to be in the Batman movie before 
that movie has gone totally pear-shaped. And, but like originally the whole plan was he was going to be Deathstroke in that movie. He was going to be the antagonist. So he obviously has a contract that says I'm going to be an X movie. So yeah, they don't, they don't do this lightly. They know what they're doing these days. Yeah. Like again, this is going to nosedive bomb miserably in the box office. Then they may rethink what they're going to do. Um, if it does well enough to do something, they'll have to, they'll have to, again, they'll have to visit what's, what's Venom versus Carnage going to be. Because they've set that up, right? So expectation is going to be, it's going to be Harrelson versus Hardy, let's go, yeah. right? It's going to be some crazy murder mystery. Is, um, is it going to be dark? Is it going to be rated R horror? No. Yeah. Like, where are they going to go with, with this? Because PG-13 Carnage, will people... That's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't right. work. Remember in the X uh, sorry, Spider-Man Animated Series where he was take, sucking people's life forces? Weird. Right? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what that'll look like. No. I mean, I'll see it. I have morbid curiosity, if nothing else. Morbid curiosity, right? Yeah. But again, would I be, would I be comfortable watching something very dark and, and, and gruesome and evil? Would you be okay with it? Like I, I, would, I would think they would at least protect the crap out of this. They might maximum carnage the crap out of the next one. It doesn't work without Spider-Man. I don't disagree. But if you establish a Silver Sable and a Black Cat prior to that, enough. I don't disagree. But I'm saying, would they do that? I mean, they might because they're Sony and they do what they want. But right. I, I mean, okay, if you were to boil down for me the core story element of Maximum Carnage and, and what is it actually about, could you tell me quickly? Like, I've, I've read it, I know it, but I'm saying morally, what is the moral of that story of Maximum Carnage? Carnage goes on a killing spree and needs to be stopped. Yes, that, that's the plot. But what's the moral point of the story? What is the, the story telling you? What is the story really about? It's not just an adventure. There's a, there's, a, there's a thorough line there. There's a moral to the story. Like Spidey and Ren learning to get along to stop the, yeah. the threat? The real moral is it, it's, it, it's kind of like what Nightfall was for Batman and what, it was, what Azrael as Batman was meant to show was that the line between killing and not killing and when is it the right point. So Spider-Man has tested throughout Maximum Carnage his resolve to not kill, to not be lethal. The fact that there's carnage out there is murdering and killing people. And he has to stick to his guns and say, I'm not going to stoop to that level. I'm not going to kill. That is the real moral of that story. He struggles throughout that entire, if you read that entire 14-part storyline, and it is a common theme that comes up again and again. He teams up with Venom, who just wants to kill Carnage. Um, which is not necessarily the wrong tactic because it is a murderer, a mass murderer, who kills a lot more throughout the story. But Spider-Man will not do that. He will not kill. And this comes up many times throughout the story. That's the real moral of that story. It's him being pushed in this early 90s, you know, gritty comics are selling kind of way to say, should heroes kill or should they not? That's the most thought you'll ever give Maximum Carnage in terms of... Yeah, but there you go, but... You're, you're missing so, that. so what kind of movie would that, that well, that's my right? point yeah. so I don't know what kind of movie that would look like because it, 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 it's missing that key component and like you can't do other cool Carnage stories because you don't have a it's Carnage's origin so you can't build on things because you have to set things up first like I would love to see again I talk about it a lot but the, the Carnage series that Conway wrote where it was basically a horror comic about Carnage and Venom or Eddie Brock, I should say, who was not bonded. Was he bonded to somebody at the time? No. I can't even remember if he was or not. But it was just the idea, or maybe it was 
anti-venom he was connected to? See, I don't even know. The chronology is so wonky. It's bad. Yeah. I, it must have been anti-venom or something, but the idea that... Or, oh, he was bonded to toxin. That's what it was. I knew he had a symbiote, but it wasn't venom. Um, too many symbiotes. But it was the, you know, the, a horror comic about you know them going to a mine, trying to you know capture venom, and it was a very close quarters dark, scary story, and then it became even crazier, because it was all about the Dark Hold, which is this magic book, basically, which, uh, dark magic and, and carnage becoming a world. That'd be a cool movie to see. They're never going to do it, but it'd be something. I would uh, like to see if they could push the character in different genres and see if it could work. We will see. Alright, well, thank you very much for joining us for this over an hour episode. I thought this was going to be like 20 minutes. So, like, we hadn't really, again, like, I always say, like, let's not talk about this until we do the podcast, but often I break my rule in some way. But uh, this time we really didn't really talk about it at all. So, I actually wasn't sure what you were going to say about it. I was a little distracted with baseball talk and uh, yeah. other things in order to not spoil the podcast because you were the worst. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk about things. I know. I can't help it. That's why I have the show. That's, that's why you have the show. This is my avenue. You like to hear yourself talk. I, I mean, that's harsh, but... And so, probably, and so are your listeners. They do. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook. Read and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Next episode should be a conversation with Jim Kruger. We're still finalizing timing, but it should be coming out next Friday, hopefully. If not, it'll be some other random episode, and I'm sure that'll be fun, too. Maybe I'll pull out some uh, Venom comics and talk about those. Um, But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.